Hey y'all, hey, it's your girl Queenie. Um, here with another episode. Tonight we are talking with Ramonda Lark Young. She's the co-founder and owner of Mahogany Books in DC. Um, this sister girl is I mean, she's just truly someone I look up to. I you know, I can't say enough about her, the things I know about her journey, the things I've actually witnessed and kind of um, observe myself. I mean, the sister girl got it going on, her and her entire family. So uh, we had a conversation um, about uh, the journey, you know, and her entrepreneurship, the, you know, the pivots that she's made during the pandemic. Um, so much, you know, so many things have happened. She got brand new news to share. So please listen in, join um, in on the conversation and stay till the end so you can find out how to follow um, Ramonda Lark Young of uh, Mahogany Books. Bye, guys. Hey, lady. Hey, hey, hey. How are you doing tonight, girl? I am fantastic. I'm pumped up to be here in conversation with you. It's so good to see you, Ramonda. (laughs) Ah, thank you. Good to be seen. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. It has been... it has been quite some time since you and I had an opportunity to get together. So I want to welcome you officially to the Relationship Zone podcast. Thank you for stopping uh, by. Thank you for having me. This is this is so dope. All of the space <laughs> about relationships and a little extra sounds like. So I, I'm excited yes. about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Relationship Zone, we talk all things relationship, love, life. You know, that's what we do here. Tonight, we're supposed to be going live on, on Facebook. So I'm trying to make sure that we're, that, you know, that everyone's able to find us on Facebook. I did get a message saying that someone wasn't able to find us on Facebook, but they saw us on YouTube. Okay. So okay. give right. me a second. I just want to make sure that we sure, are on Facebook. You know, this is important. So let's see. This, of course, is, it's what we do, you know, uh, whenever we're going <laughs> we're trying to go live. Um, there's always, and oftentimes there's some, you know, some technical difficulties. So hopefully we can get um, up on Facebook. And if not, that's okay for the viewers that are watching or listening or looking for us. Um, this video will be up on Facebook um, as soon as we finish, just in case we cannot go live on Facebook. Okay. Gotcha. So no problem. I'll make sure there's a link for everyone to be able to, um, to listen in, but they can always be on 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 YouTube, so send them to YouTube That's to the right. relationship zone. Okay, all right. All so right. let's do this. Ramonda, Mahogany yes. Bookstore, DC. Girl, look at how it has blossomed and grown. I'm so proud of you. How are things going with you in that space? Oh my goodness, um, it is going crazily well. Right, so we started our bookstore actually 14 years ago we started online and then four um 10 years later we opened up a physical space our first physical space in anacostia in dc and so it has opened with great fanfare four years ago we opened on black friday and so it was just a an amazing journey to see that even though we started online uh, we were able to kind of transition into a, a, a physical space a brick and mortar space when a lot of people were kind of doing the opposite, they, you know, brick and mortar stores were closing at one point. And so here we are opening up one, um, like I said, four years ago, and it has been an amazing journey, one that I could not even imagine, you know, even at this juncture. So, so far, so good. And we're, we're you know, got some great news coming up about another location, and we may chat about that soon. Um, yes. But it's just an amazing journey. My husband and um, our daughter, Mahogany, all three of us are official partners of the business. And so it's really something that um, has been important to us to make sure Black books are accessible to, to, know, to anybody, no matter where they live. Um, so, yeah. 
Oh my goodness. And you know what? I, I love that because when I walk into your bookstore, it's absolutely amazing. Um, and I know oh. that, you know, I, you know, now during the pandemic, I get to order from home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I get the mm -hmm. wonderful emails from you all. I love it. But I'm like, oh. I know them. I just, I love it. I love <laughs> all of it. I love all of it. Because of course, I knew you before there was a bookstore, right? We were yes. blessed in the same city. We're blessed to run in the yes. same, some of the same circles. Um, we've had sisterhood conversations. And so yeah. um, so I, I do have the privilege of knowing you before there was the bookstore mm -hmm. as we were in Anacostia. So to see where you have grown to is it's 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 beautiful. It's a beautiful journey. I watch you and I'm always inspired and encouraged by you. Um so speaking of that, because I know you empower women, that is like your, your thing. People know you as the bookstore guru, right? But you have a love for empowering women of color, um, women. Why is this so important to you? Yeah, I think, you know, it's important to me for a lot of different reasons. One, I grew up with, I have two sisters. Um, and so being around sisterhood is something that I've known my entire life. Uh, from birth almost, you know, we're mm -hmm. all just a year apart. Um, and so I loved what that felt like growing up. And I wanted other people to have a sense of sisterhood as well. And so when I went to Langston University, shout out to my HBCU, I'm so <laughs> proud of. Uh, but when I was at Langston University, I had a great group of friends that were there. But then there was still someone who were not part of a tribe or didn't have that type of connection. And I knew how important it was to have a sisterhood. So even all like all the way back there, then, you know, decades ago, a couple decades or so ago, um, I created an organization, actually a section of the National Council of Negro Women. We had never had one um, uh -huh. on campus. And my sister, uh, Renita, and I, shout out to my baby sister who was roommates in, uh, back in college. But she and I created an organization just to focus on sisterhood so that even if you're not in the sorority, even if you didn't have a clique or a tribe or whatever, when you were in college, you had a space to come and build and connect and fellowship. And we hosted um, 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 events in the city. We did fundraisers. We did a lot of community service. So again, that place of sisterhood has been important to me for a long time. I know how valuable it is to have a sisterhood. And it's not, I'm not saying having 25,000 friends. It could be one amazing friend, one person that's in your sisterhood that, that allows you to thrive, that allows you to be your authentic self that, that gives you great feedback and supports you. And so um, fast forward through the rest of my life, you know, you leave your college friends behind, you go on and be an adult. And so that need for sisterhood still resonated with me. Mm -hmm. And so when I created uh, Ramonda Young Inc., the whole purpose was how do we teach women how to soar, surpass obstacles and rise. And so um, that comes all through teaching women how to build business connections, uh, mentoring, um, relationships. But again, it's all um, centered around sisterhood because of the value that it mm -hmm. is. And some women, you know, it's, it's interesting. I've heard women throughout my life say, oh, you know, I don't have um, friends that are girls. I can only, you know, hang with guys. And, you know, that's cool. I have male friends too. That's a great thing. But there's nothing that compares to having a woman that you can call and, and chat with and and share your, your journey with and share your excitement with um, because they have that similar journey to you. And so um, I, when I hear that, I'm kind of cringe and say, you know what, maybe they just haven't had that, that dope sister in their space, in their mm -hmm. life to journey with them because it can happen, right? It can happen um, to where they have those relationships. So it's just been something that's important to me. And I don't care what people say, I know that sisterhood can exist. And so um, I'm just gonna keep being a champion of that. Yeah, yeah, that and and you you are and you have been um from the moment I met you, you've been really strong and passionate about that. Um hence why I I just I love your spirit because it has uh, always been you. about empowering women and and building mm -hmm. e even even young women. You know, I I see your daughter, I see how she's grown and just blossomed and oh, it's beautiful. So I know that that's a lot of mom's experience. Girl. Mom mom pouring into her and um, but that's who you are. So people that see you as the bookstore guru, you know, the book club guru. No, this woman here loves women. She loves building and empowering women, speaking life Absolutely. into women. Yeah, we are the carriers of culture. We hear that all the time, but we're birthing babies or we're ha helping to 
care for other babies, our nieces and nephews. And so to have that piece of our our, our family life stabilized is huge. It has so many different um, facets that it impacts. So yeah, it's important to me all from a, from a very deep place. It's important yeah. to me. Definitely. Thank you for that, Ramonda. Um, so let's move on a little bit. You know, we know yeah. that you, you know, you, you, you have been busy in your community for quite some time. Uh, again, mm-hmm. a lot of people, th- this whole conversation was to let people know a little bit more mm-hmm. about Ramonda, you know, not so much as a, you know, a rehearsed kind of interview. It was just like, I love hey, it. Let's talk about who Ramonda is, right? Her mm-hmm. journey, the woman and all her amazement and the things that that you are so passionate about. It's, it's more than books. You're passionate mm-hmm. about human rights. You're a human rights advocate. Tell us a little bit about that journey and how that began for you. Absolutely. So again, growing up, you know, when you grow up in a house of four kids, being heard um, can be a challenge sometimes. It's four of you. So, you know, yeah. your parents got to make sure everybody's heard. And so from a very young age, I found a space to make sure that I was heard. I was always the loudest one at times. I was always the one who had my hand up and said, hey, I have something to say. But then when I look around, there are other people who did not have that type of, whether it's confidence or, or comfort, to have that type of voice, right? There were many times that they felt that they went unseen. And I, that bothered me because I'm like, I'm not any different than them. I might be more vocal, but they still have great value. They still have great insight. They still have a journey too. They have experiences that help shape them that other people need to know about. And so from a very young age, I kept looking around like, okay, I'm not only, I, I felt like I was the only one sometimes. There's a lot of vocal dynamic women out there, but in my circle, I felt like, you know, it wasn't that many. And so when I had an opportunity to be a part of the Human Rights Commission, the whole premise for me to even go and, and find out and, and be appointed was how do I help create a voice for those who don't have a voice? Yeah. We live in Prince William County where the majority of the people here are people of color, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you think about the different things that are happening out in the world, whether it's uh, crime that's happening, whether it's police brutality, it's making a space for people who don't have a voice. And that's what the Human Rights Commission does. And that's why I feel like I'm so at home with that. You know, there's things that happen in the workplace. There's things that happen when it comes to even getting a, a place to live or discrimination in that, that mm-hmm. space. Um, people deserve to have a place to go to work and not be discriminated against. People have the right to have a, a place to live and not be judged because of how they look. And so the Human Rights Commission actually hears some of those cases um, mm-hmm which is a blessing to sit in that space and, and hear that and, and make recommendations for recommendations for the board of County supervisors that are right here in this area. Yeah. Um, but again, it's them for me as a little child. So I'm like, you know what? I have a voice, um, but everybody has a voice, but some people really don't know that they have that voice. They mm-hmm. don't have the, they don't know the power that that means because mm-hmm. for a lot of times it was either beat out of them for different reasons or, <laughs> yes. you know, a lot of times I was t- told, you know, kids are to be seen and not heard. So we grow up in this space of not, utilizing our voice. But as adults, we have a right, we have um, an opportunity to use that. And so human rights is something very personal to me, um, because I know that we deserve, um, we deserve that we deserve to be seen, we deserve to be heard. And so being a part of it has been um, just a joy for me, we get to be so many different organizations throughout Prince William County, and hear what their missions are and see how we can support them. Um, and, uh, it's just, it's been a, it's been a joy and to serve yeah. as the vice chair has been a, a, a blessing too. So yeah. there's some great commissioners out here who really believe in, um, everybody having a voice. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I thank you for the work that you do, Ramonda. Um, it's needed and you're right. We live in the same County and I know that it's needed mm-hmm. and, and people like you, um, you know, you, you paved the way for us. And so I appreciate that. I appreciate you sitting at the table, being a voice at the table, contributing at the table and to the causes that matter most to people like you and I. <laughs> so thank, thank you, you. So for doing that work for us. Now let's pivot a little bit. All right. 2020, <laughs> girl, 2020. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. 2020 has, has done some mm-hmm. things. Um, but you have a thriving bookstore in Washington, D.C. Inspired. Mm-hmm. So you and your husband and your daughter, amazing entrepreneurs, you are bringing things, you, you've brought things to our community that was necessary. 
and with class. Can I add that okay. part? Okay. okay, I'm down with class. Right. I'm down so with let, that. Let, let, down me, with that. Just, let me add that part. <laughs> yeah, so Mahogany Bookstore is classy. Thank you. I like that. Okay. It is. It's classy. You know, I've, I've, I've been to quite a few bookstores and I don't want to take anything away from those that I've gone to. But I will say you guys are a great addition to Anacostia um, Arts. I think it's the arts area. Is that what is an art center? Uh-huh. There art you go. Center. So you are a wonderful um, addition and you fit in very well. You are very classy. The bookstore is tasteful. Um, it's beautiful. It's colorful. It's definitely Ramonda. <laughs> it's Ramonda and Derek. <laughs> Ramonda and Derek. You know, Derek is typically like when I've seen him, he's normally kind of in the back, kind of kind of mm-hmm. calm. He's doing his thing. He ain't really like put me in front of the camera. Don't put these bright colors on me. I wore this color for you tonight. I know. It's hey, girl. <laughs> I see you. I see you. <laughs> so, um, but you know. It definitely screams at you when you walk in. And it's it's and and in truth, for those that are watching and listening, never gone when the world gets back right and you can go in there. Um, it feels like home. Mm. It's very oh. welcoming and it feels like home. Uh. That's so intentional too. And we've heard that from many, many people. Wow. Um, a lot of people, they've said it felt like home. It feels like family and it feels like love. And when we created that space, you know, we had a good mentor, a friend of ours who's also an entrepreneur. And um, he said, you all need to be in charge of what people see, what people smell and what people hear when they walk into your space. And so when we were online for 10 years, that was not, you know, you couldn't really create or control the environment because you're online. So, you know, people can have a screen open and see your page and have Mm -hmm. 20 other screens open. But when they walk through our doors, we we took that to heart, what people heard, what people saw and what people smelled. You know, Essence did a a profile on us a few years ago. And it was funny, the the journalist kept asking us, what is that smell? I looked on all of your social media pages and everybody was saying they, they have this wonderful, you know, you guys have this wonderful smell in your store. What is that? And I said, I can't tell you, girl. There's a few things, but um, people just commented on that over the years. But, you know, when people, for me, I really wanted people to feel like when they walked in, they were surrounded by culture. Mm-hmm. So we have beautiful photographs on the wall of authors that have come before us, authors that are here now, because that's something that if it weren't for them, if it wasn't for Dubois, if it wasn't for James Baldwin, we would not even have a bookstore. Mm-hmm. They wrote they created pieces that now we can read for, for a lifetime. So to have them in our space means something to us personally. And so people can see those reflections up on our wall. Uh, we have different uh, pieces. Actually, most of those things came from our home. We have African artifacts that yeah. I just pulled off the shelves at our house and, and <laughs> to the store because they were something that those were things that are important to us that made us feel like, man, our culture is so dope. Africa is so amazing. And so we wanted to put those things in the store. So whoever comes through those doors felt that as well, that pride. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, but as far as the, what people hear, you know, we're playing jazz, we're playing neo soul, yes. we're playing hip hop. <laughs> so all those things make us feel seen there. I can't tell you how many times you, I'm sure you know too, but when you walk into other spaces, you don't see you, yes. right? I don't see right. me. I see a lot of other things. I right. see quotes by people who didn't write, you know, didn't look like me. I see photographs right. of people who didn't look like me. And it's, you know, I shop at some of those places, but man, to walk in a space that really does feel like home mm-hmm. um, was important to us. And to be the owners, we get to choose. We didn't have to ask permission, you know, from anybody to put those pictures on the wall or that to play what we wanted to play or to have that scent. Those are things that spoke to my husband and I. So, yeah, um, it, it feels so good when people say it feels like yeah. home because that's on purpose. Yeah, people it definitely does. It definitely does. When you walk in and, and, and I just encourage those that are in our area and they hear this or they just Google mahogany books, you know, make put it on your list. It's an experience to go to that store um, because, you know, it, I mean, it just is it's an experience to go in there. And and I and I love it. Um, you all are very professional. You're, you're warm. You're welcoming. You know, you greet us with a smile. You, you, you're happy to see us come. Um, yes. And the books, <laughs> you know, you have so many books that you, you didn't even know, you know, existed, you know, old and new, you know, you, 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 so, so it's, it's wonderful. We, we appreciate that. I'm speaking for the people. We appreciate that. Hey, I love that. <laughs> 
It's important. You know, we hear that and I appreciate you, you know, seeing that. Um, I worked in, I've worked in the book industry for many, many years, even before I had ours. And I would walk into the bookstore and I would have to hunt down the black books. It was like one shelf for two sections. And so when, you know, I worked some years later in a black bookstore and I walked in, I mean, my jaw dropped because I didn't know all those books had been created by people who looked like me I, or about my story, my journey. I didn't know that. So to be engulfed in that, you know, had a lasting memory on me. And I often tell this story, but uh, we, my husband and I were in the store. There was an older gentleman who came to our store. He had his little bomber jacket on, was walking in real slow, probably in his late 60s. And he walked and stood at the threshold of our store. He just really, and he stopped. And he just paused and he looked, I mean, he just kind of panned the whole yeah. bookstore. And then tears started coming, coming down oh. his face. And so my husband is like, sir, sir, is everything okay? You know, what's going on? He said, he said, I just want you to know I've never, ever seen this many black books in my entire life. I've never seen it. And so for me, every time I tell this, I start tearing up because oh, yeah. <laughs> there is a need for us to be seen. There is a need for us to know that we matter. And there is a need for us to know that our journeys matter, that our history matters, that our our wins matter, that our contributions to this world matter. And not just from slavery, not just civil rights, but honey, we've done a lot of things. And so to walk in there and see books that reflect all of those things means something from a very uh, deep space for me. And then when people see that and they get that, um, it knows that it makes me feel like we've hit the nail on the head. And so for that gentleman and other people to come in and see that, it's not a huge store. We just work every inch of that store. Um, <laughs> But when people walk in and they have that type of um, um, experience, that that's important to us. Well, we thank you. <laughs> uh, our pleasure. Thank you. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about that whole 2020 situation. Many, yes. <laughs> many, many businesses, they crumbled during COVID. Mm -hmm. What impact did COVID have on your overall business? Yeah, so COVID was this crazy thing. We're still in it, as you know. Yes. Um, but when COVID came back in March of last year, you know, we had all these great events lined up. I was excited. People enjoy coming to our events because, again, it's a, an opportunity for community and connection and conversation. So to have those events, you know, planned, I was excited. And then, you know, we get an email and it's an alert that say DC businesses must shut down. Just our business. There was businesses all across the city and actually across the nation, just out of safety. And so, oh my gosh, I was thinking, oh, what are we going to do? Because although we were online all those years and we, you know, had a rocking website and we were, mm -hmm. you know, shipping books nationwide, the the bulk of our revenue at this point, once we had opened, had come from the store. So here we are. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know, this is our mortgage coming through. You know, we right. pay bills. This is how we live. Right. So I'm like to have that girl to have that part shut down. I was nervous to be honest. Those probably those first couple of weeks canceling those events um, that we had projected there was revenue coming in from that. You know, people are not coming in shopping, and so I had a panic. You know, moment like probably for a couple of weeks. Like, what are we going to do? You know, great the website is there, but man, the traffic that came to our store and through those events, you know, had us thinking about you know what are we going to do? And so we started applying for grants and PPE. You know, all those different things to try to get funding so that we would not fold prayerfully we wouldn't fold um so that was for the first couple of weeks and then you know what my husband and i we just kind of stepped back and paused and said you know what we don't have to tinker with our website it has always already been rocking for 10 years we don't have to 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 do something different to the website because that for people all across the nation shopping online was what people were doing they could not go into the store unless it was a grocery store so if you needed books or shoes or whatever you had to go online because you know because of COVID and so for us we really just kind of turned our attention to what our customers needed <clears throat> pardon me and so we created book bundles because kids were now at home yes. being homeschooled you know schools were shut down at that point and so when we looked at what parents were needing we said well let's let's give parents books for their kids and so we created book bundles. There was like an elementary kind of book bundle. There was a middle school and a high school book bundle that parents didn't have to think. If they're looking for black books, let me see what Mahogany Books has that speaks to my kids that'll kind of keep them entertained or educated while they're sitting at home. And so we did that. And those book bundles, when I tell you, honey, they were flying off the shelves. They really, really were. 
Um, so our, our bookstore was actually physically closed, but we kind of turned it into this warehouse. But we started, you know, again, looking at what customers would need, thinking about, man, our daughter's at home. She loves to read. There may be parents across the nation that will love that. And so we just posted on social media, blasted through our emails. We did a few interviews so people would know that this is something that's there for them. And that part right there really helped us to kind of coast on through our doors being closed. We even created um, date, uh, I think it was blind date with the black book. So it was a mystery mm-hmm. box that people, you know, when you want a blind date, you don't know what to expect. So when people <laughs> got our box, they didn't know what to expect, but you're excited because you, you know, of what, what the potential was in there. So that went over really well. So those pieces of products and offerings really kind of started generating sales for us. So, you know, like I said, the first couple of weeks I was tripping, you know, like where, where's the income going to come from? <laughs> and then those, those pieces there start to bolster. So those carried us for a while. And so once those people got, you know, introduced to us, they started buying more and more things. So for us, you know, it was kind of different for a lot of people who didn't, or even bookstores who didn't have a website or their website wasn't really set up to, you know, process sales. You know, that was something that they were not able to take advantage of at that time. And so for us, it was just a blessing that, you know, God is funny though. When I think about 10 years ago, when my husband and I were talking about, we wanted to open up a bookstore and online, was how we went. Online was not what we intended. We really wanted to open up a physical space all the right. time. Physical, physical, physical. And God was like, nope. Online. <laughs> it's low overhead. I mean, really, that's how I see it. It was low overhead. We didn't have a ton of employees, but we were able to get books out to people's hands in people's hands all across the nation. Um, at a minimal, you know, minimal cost. And so because we started online and we built that and we kind of perfected that system over 10 years. We were able to, in the middle of a pandemic, just, you know, put that thing, let it go, so to speak. Yeah. And so we didn't have to tinker with it. But I can't even think, you know, when I pause and think about where we would have been if we had started physically, it, it may have been a whole different story because we wouldn't have spent that type of time and focused on an on a online site. So COVID was cray cray for a little bit. <laughs> um, but we were able to kind of, you know, go through this. We started our business actually in a recession. So here we are starting it now, you know, this next phase in a, in a crazy mm-hmm. space, the United States is in a crazy space, but yeah, it's been a journey. It's yeah. been stressful. <laughs> it's been crazy. It's, you know, so but you, it's, been, you, but it's been worth it. You, you have persevered. You all have just, you know, you, as you speak, you have soared. <laughs> ah, I like that. I like yes, that. Yeah. Soared. You have actually done exactly what you teach on. You've soared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's, so, it's been a journey, though. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and you're right. I can only imagine how frightening it was because, you know, to be truthful, I mean, your bookstore has become the place to be in D.C. It has become the go-to okay. bookstore, right? So... And celebrities come in and they go to your bookstore, celebrity authors come in, you know, your mm-hmm. bookstore is the place to have, like, it's the who's who of bookstores and, and authors. Okay, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so, I, like that. I, I, you know, it, and, and yes, you know, I get the emails, you all have all kind of things always going on at the bookstore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can imagine how frightening it was when you didn't, you know, when you realize like, okay, nobody's moving, nobody's flying in. No, we can't, yeah. you know, the entire country's on lockdown. Um, but look yeah. at you now. Yeah. And, but you know, it's funny though, in the midst of COVID, what struck us also, my husband and I was that people still crave connection. A lot of people were isolated. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were at home. You know, we happen to be, it's my husband, my daughter and I, so there's three of us here. We're not, you know, there's always something going on here, but then I, you know, I have family members, they're single or they're by themselves. And so to be isolated for that many months spoke to us. And so we really wanted to find out, you know, how do we create our events in this virtual space? Because our physical events, we had great time, mm-hmm. great turnouts for a lot of those events. And so, even in the midst of, pan- of the pandemic, you know, to answer your question in a different way too, with COVID, uh, we created Mahogany Books Front Row, which is yeah. our online virtual event. You know, the whole premise was how do you still be able to engage in, in the middle of a pandemic and have great conversations all from the comfort of your own home, from the front row of your own home, best seat in the house. And so we created Mahogany Books Front Row. So that was another mm-hmm. way that we were able to boost, you know, our, our sales and still be able to make an impact with people and 
and have um, just people to be able to connect and commune in that way. So it's been, girl, it's been interesting. <laughs> um, and then the whole other piece with the, um, the George Floyd killing really impacted our business in a very, very significant way. Absolutely. And so that was later, that was later in the pandemic. But yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. been crazy. Well, let's talk about that front row for a second. Um, I had mm-hmm. an opportunity to sit in with the Cicely Tyson interview and um, Whoopi Goldberg, which was amazing. I loved it. Thank you for the opportunity. Yes. Um, but you have so many amazing, as you can see. I found her back oh, there. I, I see it. She's there. Well. I'm almost finished with her. I'm always finished. I, I love the book. Um, and I think I ordered, I sent a couple out to other people just because, you know, oh, you know, you. got to support the story, got to support the business. We have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so things like that. I mean, you're right. We still want to remain connected and you, your, your company, your business, your bookstore is offering that for us. You know, when we connect, so if anyone's listening, you're not connected, get connected with this bookstore because they, you know, they send out some really great um, emails, great discounts. I mean, you guys offer it all. And I, and I appreciate that. Um, You can pre-order your books and it's, it's wonderful, you know, so I, I, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So let's, um, as I said, during COVID, you guys didn't crumble. You might have stumbled a little bit. You might have, you know, you might have had to take a step back and like, okay, let's let's reposition some things. But then in 2021, you made this huge announcement. You made an announcement about Mahogany Bookstore expanding, not just expanding. And of course, you teased us. Where do you think we're going <laughs> to open the new store? You and saw I'm, that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing places. And then I plugged. As, as many others, we were like the National Harbor. I mean, and then you make this announcement. I'm blown away over here. Girl, tell crazy. me about that. <laughs> crazy, crazy. You know, my husband and I, we've always wanted to have more than one mahogany book. And so um, as, as the journey would have it, as God would have it, we were talking about opening up another store even before the pandemic, right? You know, sales were doing really well. We were really, you know, connecting with people in a very uh, rich way to where people felt um, that we were providing a service for them. So sales were really reflecting in that. And so we were looking at a space, you know, even out in Prince William County, I was like, we were looking at a space, um, even to the point where we went, we thought we found the perfect building. We were up at the building. I remember this very, very specific um, night. My husband, my daughter and I, we had our coats on. It was freezing outside, but we went to a building. We saw it was empty. We're like, this is the perfect place. The location, we put our hands on the building and prayed. It was freezing outside, but we're like, this is the building. And then that didn't happen. I think the landlord was like, you guys aren't big enough. You know, no, thank you. We don't know. People don't know who you are. We're like, okay, okay, no problem. And so here we are having the opportunity to open up National Harbor. I mean, there were other locations we looked at, but National Harbor was like, we want you guys. So we were like, okay, let's have this conversation then. (laughs) Yes. You know, you know, all I thought of oh my goodness, that lease is probably out of, out of control. That's all I kept thinking of, of from course, a numbers, numbers standpoint. But they were so um, willing to work with us and create a deal that was just an amazing opportunity. So yeah, we're opening up a National Harbor. It's the perfect place. There's amazing parking, you know, and it's in the middle of Prince George's County and, you know, very close to, to Virginia. So a lot mm-hmm. of people are like, open up in Virginia. When I was doing that, that teaser, a lot of people were hoping we were coming to Northern Virginia, but that National Harbor location, you know, it's really accessible no matter where you live. Um, they get about 14 million people there um, every year that from a huge swath of people that are local. And then there's a huge swath of people that, you know, travel in too. So I'm excited. I'm a little nervous, but I'm excited. I am, you know, it's a pandemic. So, you know, people are shutting down and here we are saying, no, we're opening up. Opening um, up. But we, mm-hmm, it's, a, it's a faith walk all day long to know that this is the next part of our journey that we're going to take. But I feel good about it. Um, I am confident that God matches your boldness all Mm. day. If we step out, he matches that thing every time. Mm. Um, And so here we are stepping out. We prayed about it. We're planning for it. And uh, we're planning to open up um, on Juneteenth is when our grand opening um, is scheduled prayerfully. All this, you know, we have meetings with the architects and the, the, the um, interior designers and trying to, you know, get that all worked out. And we have a good friend 
who's partnering with us. His name is Ken Mormon of Jirani Coffee House oh, out in yes, yes. Prince William County. He's just been a dear friend of ours for several years. Mm-hmm. And so we've always talked about partnering and doing something together. And this is the one we're going to do together. So oh, is it is crazy. It is exciting. Thank you. This is wonderful. <laughs> so so I, I'm, I, can, I can barely wait for you. Juneteenth is like the perfect day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so On congrats. purpose, intentional. Thank yes, you. Yes, <laughs> very intentional. I love it. Congratulations to you all <laughs> for this Thank new you. move, this new phase for Mahogany mm-hmm. Books and for Jirani. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that as well. That is I wonderful. Know. Yeah, that is really that's big. That's great. Um, so let me just go back a little bit because I know we sure. spoke about. Um, but I've heard you both talk about how your dates used to be in bookstores. <laughs> I think it's the cutest thing. Um, was this just you both just had this amazing love for reading or for black books or how did that happen? Uh, or, or was it just like, hey, we're going to be dating on a budget. Let's go to the bookstore. It was a little bit of that too. <laughs> a little bit of that. But you know, we, yeah. Uh, but my husband actually grew up, he's from DC. So he grew up surrounded by black books. And, and black authors, but I grew up in Oklahoma, proud of growing up in Tulsa, but I did not come into contact with black books until I got to Lincoln University. So most of my childhood and in and, and high school, I was not really exposed to black books. I love to read, you know, I was reading Harlequin romance novels and, you know, stuff I probably shouldn't have been reading. I was in, I just ate those books up all the time. Um, and so when I, when we fast forward and, and met, you know, we met on a dance floor in DC in a nightclub yeah. almost 20 years ago. <laughs> Um, but he had had a love of books too. His mom would, you know, expose him to books, bring books home for him to read. So he fell in love with books, um, black books. And so when we got married, we were just tossing around, you know, those ideas, what we would like, what business would we like to do? We always dated at books. So we'd hang out. Our daughter would come with us when she was born and hang out and read. She's a huge reader too. Um, but yeah, we would date in bookstores, had a blast. Um, I was, I was a bad customer. I'd be taking pictures of cooking recipes and and self-help pages and, and, you know, going home and reading. So please don't do that at our bookstore. That's so bad. Um, Buy the whole book. Buy the whole book. Please buy the whole book. Don't do like Rabunda did. But yeah, but we, but we did, we had a good time um, dating in bookstores. And so that was another thing when we thought about how our stores looked, what would, you know, my husband and I often comment that if we didn't have that book, so we, we didn't own it, we would go in there and hang out. It was just love the energy there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we dated in, uh, in a bookstore and had a blast doing it. Yeah. And it's part of our journey. <laughs> so, um, and, and, and it's beautiful. Can we talk about the book club? Because I know that you have a book club. Um, Mahogany Books has a book club. Am I correct? How yes. long have you had this book club? And how can we join the book club? Absolutely. So uh, we have the Mahogany Books and Very Smart Brothers Book Club. We partnered with a good friend of ours, Panama Jackson. Shout out to Very Smart Brothers. Um, and so we did a collabo. And again, all about connection, all about community. How do we take these books and have conversations around these things that we're reading? And so the book club has actually been around. So COVID was 2020, 2019, the entire year of 2019, we had an online book club. Actually, we met in person in our store, but we would stream it through social media. So no matter where you lived, again, you could participate in these conversations. You can put a question in the in the comments, and then we would ask it if we had the author there. Um, so it's been a highlight for a lot of people, especially in person. I mean, they get heated in those conversations. Um, it's just, I mean, it's just real, like, a cipher really half the time where you're just throwing out ideas. And, you know, I don't believe that happened in the book. I don't agree with that. You know, it's just a very yeah. heated and lively conversation, but um, a positive one, too. It's just great. And so, yeah, that book club um, is still rocking, but the pandemic kind of took us, I say, out of commission because now we didn't have that space in our store. Mm-hmm. We were closed from March all the way into October of 2020, so almost the whole year we were shut down. And so we did not do the online. Um, we did not host our, our book club. And so fast forward to 2021, we kicked off the book club again with an amazing, amazing guest. You did. Yes. Yes. Hello. Yes. See the screen, everybody. <laughs> Girl, I mean, I think I'm still reeling from that. Still I reeling bet you from are. that. <laughs> All right. So you you got to tell us about that experience. Um, 
I know that you and your husband, obviously you all knew this was obviously a plan, but to see the yeah. faces, the little clip that you showed, to see the faces around the room of people that realized like, wait a minute, that's actually mm-hmm. President Barack Obama. Like to see that it was priceless. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So we found out, I guess back um, at the end of last year, that President Obama started following us on Twitter. So I'm all pumped up, like, is this the real president following us? And it was, you got the little blue verified check. So that was in itself was an honor. Yeah, right, right. So that in itself was an honor. I was just excited that, wow, he's, he's, somebody on the team sees us. So, um, and so that was a few months ago um, at the end of 2020. And so fast forward to 2021, we get a call from his publishing team saying, hey, President Obama knows that you guys have an amazing book club and he would love to come and be a part of the book club. And, you know, we were telling, you know, we read, we were reading um, as a a promised land, just individually, because again, we had not come together collectively, but a promised land had done really, really well in our store. A lot of our book club members had purchased the book and just a lot of our customers. And so when this opportunity came that the president of the United States (laughs) says, I want to join or attend a Mahogany Books and Very Smart Brothers book club discussion. Girl, I, I was, <laughs> Lord is not the word. And they said, you only have a few days to plan it out. I was like, wait, wait, what? For a few days? We will make this happen. Yeah. And so we reached out to all of our book club members, about 20 of them. We tried to keep it small enough so we could have a really good conversation. Okay. And um, we could not tell them that he was coming on. We had to say, you know, uh, we have a special guest that's joining us. And that was the key word once I said special guest. You know, they would open up a Zoom screen and he would appear. And so people had read the book. They were excited. Um, they just knew an Obama administrator, um, administration person would be on. They didn't have any idea that was him. You know, they were guessing. They were just, you know, is it going to be him? We couldn't tell. We had to, you know, we could not tell. And so they were pumped up, honey. And so when he got on um, and was revealed, I talked to a lot of them afterwards. They were like, we didn't know whether they scream. It's the president. We wanted to be kind of professional. So they were like, you know, a lot of kind of pause. There was a few people who were, you know, really vocal, but they really wanted to scream, scream more, I would say. But um, they were trying to be, you know, all have their decorum all together. But it was just a priceless moment to know that he saw us, that he was excited to, to you know, be a part of our book club discussion. And we were there for about actually a full hour with him. I think the video shows like about seven or eight minutes. It's a kind of an edited quick snapshot, but a full hour of President Barack Obama, 20 members of our book club, and maybe two or three people from his publicity team, um, publishing mm-hmm. team. So that was it. Uh, so yeah, that was that was an honor, yeah, something I'll was, never it forget. <laughs> it was Thank it was you. wonderful to see it and to see the eyes around the screen. There, it was like some were starstruck. They couldn't believe. They were like, <laughs> right, right. You know, they couldn't, but they weren't sure if like this is a recording. Is he live? I mean, it was it was perfect. And you and Derek, y'all were just so calm and cool. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Girl, but you know, I was tripping a little bit. I don't. We've had the 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 gift of being interview able to interview a lot of different people, and I really get starstruck because I'm like, they're just people like us. Yes. And so when President Obama said my name, all I could think of, oh, my God, <laughs> this is being recorded. And I'm going to play that part right over and over again because he said Ramonda. And then he said Derek down there, too. So my husband, he said he was trying to be calm. But yeah. it was just like, wow, he knows my name or, he, you know, so it was just it was hum- very humbling to, to have that experience. And, um, and he did mention that he will come to our new store. We told him we were, we're opening up a new store. He actually knew the new store before I before we announced it to everybody. We told him in the green room. Yeah. And so he was so excited about it. So we'll see. I believe him. He says he's coming to our store, oh, sure. whatever that is. You know. Yeah. I really believe that he will. So you know, they, they, yeah, they, they see the the Obamas. They support. They they really do. They show up and they support. We we get to see that here in the city. So we see that yeah. they do support several um, businesses and you know and and initiatives. They they get involved. Mm-hmm. You know, they do yeah. so. Um, but yeah, girl, good for you all. It was it was perfect. It was wonderful. What an experience! Uh, yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, we had a blast. Mm-hmm. So, so so let let's let's go into this experience. Let's talk about this for okay. one moment. Um, the Black Book mm-hmm. Experience. How important is Black culture outside of what the education then you know the education system as we know it teaches our mm-hmm. children? Oh my goodness, it is crucial. You know, I used to read and I still read a lot of the different stats. But there are so many stats 
um, statistics that show that reading books, for especially for kids of color, reading books that have characters that reflect your own ethnicity impact self-esteem and self-confidence. And so to be able to arm our kids with that from a very young age is transformational because we don't get, from a, for a lot of us, we don't get to see books that look like us. My husband and I were talking last week, we had to read Jack and Jill and you know, it could have been it could have been Jamal and Jack, but it was Jack right. and Jill. They did not look like me. They did not have names that sounded like mine. And so we read these stories in a in a space that's kind of a detached um, place. Or you see Cinderella. Cinderella does not look like me. Or Superman. I could be a superhero, but to see Superman, it, it doesn't seem like that exists. And so to, again, to read those statistics and know the power of reading a book just with characters that have faces and mannerisms and a journey similar to yours impacts your self-confidence. And so when you impact self-confidence, that's your job, you, that's your, how you focus on your life, how you feel about yourself, how you interact with your mates, right? Mm -hmm. Having that self-confidence. And so having a book, um, having books that really focus on that is huge to us, all types of books. You know, we carry fiction, nonfiction, biography, vegan cookbooks, all kinds of things that show us that we exist in life, in all facets of our lives. And so it's huge. And so that child, you know, who did not get the education of books, like I, I didn't get, like I said, exposed to black books until later on in life. But mm -hmm. to have that as a kid, I mean, it can only impact them um, in an immeasurable way. And so they grew up feeling more bolder, more confident, more loving of themselves. You talk about the relationship zone that we're in. The yeah. first relationship is with ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. And so if we feel good about ourselves, we show up as our full selves with people that we want to date or our sisterhood, every relationship that we can think of, we are impacted because of how we love ourselves. And if we can see ourselves on the written pages as entrepreneurs, as inventors, as scientists, as um, happy black families, that yeah. means something of significance, right? And so that's why we also sell books. It is important that people, um, that we get to see ourselves on those pages. And so outside of education, it is huge, but more educators need to make sure that that is a real thing and not just for black people. A lot of people think, oh, those are black books just for y'all. No, honey, they are for everybody. That experience, our experience is for everyone to read because a lot of people who read our stories, white people or people of other nationalities develop a sense of empathy. You talk about empathy, being yeah. able to put yourself in somebody else's shoes. That's huge. That's huge in how we build and connect as a society, so everybody should be reading black books. It's not just a black thing at all. It is a historical thing. It is a, a um, something of significance that everybody should be exposed to. Love it. I it's love serious. it. It's serious. It's serious. Thank I you. It. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. So, as I shared with you earlier, um, because you know we'll be wrapping up in a few minutes. Oh, okay. <laughs> so okay. I have polled. I know I have polled a few people, asked them for some questions for um, that I could present to you today. Uh, and and for those of you that are watching, share this video um, because if you have any questions, then um, you can drop them in the comment section, and we can ask Ramonda li Ramonda live tonight and get some answers. So please, while I'm going through my questions, if you have any questions or comments, and drop them in the comment section, we would appreciate that. So, are you ready? Okay, <clears throat> I'm trying to be. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, these are just some questions. Hey, you you got this, girl. You got this. Yes. Okay. So, this is my personal question. Okay. Your health and fitness journey. I've watched you evolve into this new fit and fabulous system. So tell me a little bit about what put you on this journey and how that journey is going. Oh, girl, that's a that's a tricky question. So the journey, how it started, um, I actually was in a I was actually in a space for years wanting to change something about my weight, lose weight. You know, I felt you know, I had cute clothes. I always felt like I was rocking it out. But I was like, man, I could be better. I could feel mm -hmm. better. And our business requires so much energy, so much stamina, you know, from events, from, you know, being on when we're meeting people. So it was a lot that that's required um, of us. And so I wasn't sure how to do that. I had never done any kind of weight loss diet, you know, changing how I eat ever in my life. I was just eating everything I wanted to eat. I had been slim most of my life, almost all of my life I'd been slim. But I slowly got comfortable, you know, you know, we'd work late nights, two, three in the morning, then I would stop and eat something. So it was just a bad cycle. Um, 
bad habits that I had gotten into. And so a dear friend of mine, shout out to Karen Q and Scale the Limit, created this dope program. And she reached out and said, hey, I know you've been talking about you want to do something with your weight. Um, I've started this whole new program and I would love for you to participate. You know, you and a few of our other sisters that are a part of our tribe to to participate. And I was like, you know what, I, okay. You know, but it was this really crazy space though because I was doubting myself, you know. Man, you've never done this. Can you, you know, are you going to fail at this? You start things, sometimes you don't finish. So all this negative self-talk was trying to trying to take me out, right? And I started thinking, man, I, I can't do this. I don't know if I have what it takes um, to do it. But I said, you know what? This is Ramonda. This is my life. I was pre-diabetic, right? And so that scared me. My mom has diabetes. So I was like, how do I change that? And here I am presented with this opportunity to, to, you know, potentially change that. And so I did it. I said, you know what? Shut up, side voice over here. Right? I had to mute that voice that was going on inside my head. And I took a chance on me. And so I started that journey um, that January, January 2019. And that month, it was a 47-day process of really focusing on, you know, cutting out sugar, really cutting out carbs and really eating very healthy, very clean, you know, veggies and fruit and, and, and things like that and meat, you know, very, you know, very specific things. And for 47 days and those 40, first 47 days, I lost 25 pounds and I felt great. I felt strong. My numbers for, I went from pre-diabetic to no, nowhere near being a diabetic. Wow. And uh, it was a gift. And I, like I said, I had to fight through that negative self-talk of, mm-hmm. you know, you're about to do something that you may not be able to finish, that you won't finish. All that chatter was going on. Mm-hmm. And so me looking at, you know, that being pre-diabetic, I didn't want that anymore. And so that's what really was the impetus of of helping me get on that journey. So, but here I am through COVID. It is a grind and kind of slip back. It's like, <laughs> Lord, help me get it together. I got to get it together. I can't wait till this is over. I'm sitting at my desk half the time and nibbling on this. And yeah. So, oh, so it is definitely a journey, um, yeah. but one that I'm excited about. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm excited well, we, about. We, we got a chance to watch you melt right on down. <laughs> I was like, hey, right. Monday is on it. Go ahead, girl. You always, you are always fly. You are always oh, snacked you. and put together, but I'm you trying. can see that you were on this this real health journey, and you could see that you were taking back your life, your health life, and and it and it's and it inspired a lot of people. So, yeah, I'm proud of you, girl. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you, thank you. I'm excited. I'm still way down from where I was when we started, but ooh, COVID ooh, has been not, not nice to you, girl. Mm-hmm. I haven't been nice to COVID. I'm just eating up this and eating up that, but I'm excited to kind of jump back in there and, and really, you know, make that a, a reality for me again. So yeah. 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 I'm still well, feeling good. So good for you. Good for you. Okay. So first question from the audience, um, your favorite, mm-hmm. what is your favorite, what is your favorite book, your favorite author book or genre of books? Ooh, God. That's a tricky <laughs> question. It is so many books, but you know, a couple of books stick out um, to me. And one is Asada by Asada Shakur. Um, when I read that book years ago, I, I mean, her story is one of such power, of such courage, of such fierceness, of such owning who she is and was. And so that one, Asada Shakur, would probably be um, one of my top three books. And so if you haven't read Asada, uh, please read her story, be encouraged, be be um, inspired by that story. And then another one is um, Miseducation of the Negro by Carter G. Woodson. We talk about mind blowing and realizing, yeah. wait a minute, we've been taught this. Yeah. And wait, this is the reality? Mind blowing. Yeah. You'll see life in a whole different way because you'll see the different things that we've experienced and we've been taught that were not the truth. Yeah. And so um, that we were not, that, that book was not anywhere shown in my school right yeah. or taught exactly. or been part of the curriculum and that was probably intentional so I would encourage people to read Asada by Asada Shakur and then Miseducation Education of the Negro by Carter G. Woodson both of those are transformational and I don't care what color you are you need to read those books yeah yeah I, I definitely um agree with you with um the miseducation of a Negro that has yeah. to be one of my favorite books and I've mm-hmm. read it and I've listened to it on, on, um, audio. I've, okay. it is, it, it is mind blowing every time, you know, and I still go back and I read it and I refresh myself. Like, you know, there's certain things in it that, you know, sometimes I'll just shake my head like, wow, this, 
And you, and and I agree. This wasn't discussed when I was a kid. Not in my not in my house. I know some people were privileged enough to grow up with these books, with that particular mm-hmm. book. Um, but I wasn't. I I caught it much later. But when I did read it, Ramonda, I was like, I could I could barely believe what I was seeing, and I kept telling everyone, "Y'all got to read this book. Y'all got to read this book." So I agree with yeah. you with that one, definitely. Yeah. That's and a I staple. Every. I'll say that again. <laughs> I haven't read um, um, Shakur's Shakur's book, but I will because you're you're definitely yeah. talking about it. And I'll I'll get that book. I'll order it yeah. through you. <laughs> hey, come to mahoganybooks.com and get Asasa. I got yeah. you. I got you. All right. Second <laughs> question um, or third mm-hmm. question: How do you keep your faith as an entrepreneur? Ooh, ooh, girl, we wouldn't even have a business if I didn't have faith. I mean, I'm just. There's no way that you could go through so many nights of self-doubt, so many nights of men wondering if you were doing the right thing, so many nights of hearing other people's voices say, what in the world are you doing Open up a bookstore in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of a recession back in 2007, in the midst of bookstores closing left and right all these years, bookstores have been closing. The last probably five years has been on an uptick, but those first those those years, bookstores were closing, and here we are saying, "No, we're opening." Um, that, uh, it was only faith. That's only us getting in a quiet place and saying, "God, are you for real? This is what we're supposed to be doing," and questioning that and wondering that, and then you know what, grabbing hold to that and saying, "You know what? No, and no matter if anybody else can see this journey, this vision, we see it. We know the significance of it. We see the stats of what Black books mean to to Black people and Black kids and to everybody." And so, faith has been huge. Before we, you know, sign the lease of this new store, we prayed about it. My husband and I laid in bed and held hands and prayed about it and said, God, is this what we're supposed to be doing? It feels good. The deal is great. But is this where we're supposed to be? And so faith has kept us all along the way from shunning, you know, really shutting out those other voices that say, no, y'all, you're doing the wrong thing or you shouldn't be doing this. When God is over here saying, no, this is where I want you guys to go. So it's been huge. It was, you know, when George Floyd was murdered and our sales went through the roof because everybody was looking for black books at that time. Mm-hmm. Our website had that had been rocking and rolling at that point was just bursting at the seams. Um, and not so much the website, but the fulfillment of those books. And I'm like, God, is what is going on? Is this, are we able to keep up with this? How are we able to facilitate this? We got people mad because their books aren't coming in on time and, you know, b- books are being printed up in other countries and trying to, it was just a crazy time for us where we were up three, four, five o'clock in the morning trying to figure this thing out. And I said, you know what, let me calm down. Let me step back and pray and, and get some clarity. But it was it's stressful moments. But I, once I step back and remember who is giving us direction, whose voice I'm hearing, that gives me comfort. But it's, it's a battle at times because I have to remember this ain't even about us. It's about God getting the glory. And a lot of entrepreneurs at times are like, you know what? I did all this. I did all No, I'm clear. I'm so clear. It was not Ramonda and Derek that did all of this. So faith is a huge part of our journey, of our success. And because I think that we put a name on it, we're not ashamed to say that. I think that um, inspires other people and, and helps with their success too. So it's just, it's built into who we are. Love it. Thank yeah. you. Okay. Yeah. Um, next question with, and this kind of ties into what you just said, actually, um, with over 130 black bookstores out there, did you see more people searching for black stories during 2020? George Floyd, Brianna and Ahmad. Wow. Yeah, we, we did. It was crazy. I mean, you know, I, I think on that day, it was May 26, I believe it was, when our website just started going crazy. It was, I was looking at our sales. It was like a ticker tape. It was just going, I was like, what is going on? Who's buying all these books? It was a hoax. What is happening? Right. And um, it was this clamor. It was this hunger for, uh, I'll say, white America, to be honest, because Black yeah. people had, you know, these stories weren't new. The books that they were buying, um, right. they had been on the market, some of them, two or three years. And so... When a lot of people saw that the murder of George Floyd happened on television, when they saw Ahmaud Arbery get shot down, a lot of people really started looking at themselves. It was a very visceral reaction for white America, I'll be honest. Um, and Black America, we've seen a lot of these. We felt the hurt. We felt yeah. the betrayal a lot of times when we saw we see those murders. But for this time, I think there was a lot of different things at play. I think we were everybody was at home in the middle of a pandemic. Our faces were glued to screens, whether it was our TV yeah. or laptop, our phones, we saw those images of a murder. And what I think people saw back at them was, man, 
I didn't realize this was happening. I see it now. When I saw that police officer on George Floyd's neck, I see the smugness. I see the the nonchalant. I see the blankness of his eyes, like that he didn't care. And I think that struck a huge nerve. And and I say think, but a lot of our customers told us that they struck a nerve, that they felt like helpless. What can we do when we saw this? And so once that happened, our sales were crazy because people are like, you know what, how do I learn more about the black experience? Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about slavery day after day, year after year, but they, yeah. you know, a lot of people are like, wait a minute, I want to read books about this. And what happened with those 130 bookstores, there was a, I can't remember who the, the man was, but I hopped on Twitter and there was a man out there. He said, all these people are trying to buy black books. That's amazing. That's great. He said, but what you must do, not just buy a black book, but you must buy a black book from a black bookstore. And he named, you know, tagged a few bookstores. He said, because these people have been standing in the gap for decades. This isn't new, but all of a sudden it's new to you. So if you're going to support this and you want to make a change, pay black bookstores who stood in the gap and play black authors who have been writing these works for years. And so I think people, instead of going here, they were like, oh, let me be true <laughs> yeah. to this. Let yeah. me be authentic. Let me say, if I want to make a difference, if I saw those images and I want to do something about it, I'm going to go and click on mahoganybooks.com or other uh, black bookstores. And <clears throat> I cannot tell you how many books. We actually, from May into October, Mahogany Books did 100,000 books by ourselves. 100,000 black books went through our fulfillment centers. Um, we had to amp up our team. We, I mean, it was crazy. You talk about up 4 or 5 a.m. Website was kicking, rocking, rocking, yeah. rocking. But then, you know, the fulfillment, some books, we're in their 18th and 19th printing because, I mean, when I talk about the doors, a sea of people clamoring for black books, they had to keep printing. Paper was short. There was a shortage of paper. A couple of the big printers in the United States broke down. It was crazy. So we have people like, where's my book? Where's my book? And we're like, wait a minute. They're trying to create and print a book because those books, you know, now people were, were looking for them. So it was crazy, but wow. um, it was a journey. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And and I can only imagine that more um, non-African-American people were looking yeah. for books uh, yeah. because, you know, because we've been told a particular history. Well, they have as well. Mm-hmm. Come on, so girl. It, it, it's, it's not, you know, you know, it, it's not one sided. They have as well. Um, yeah. That 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 education system teaches them as well. And then they find out through life that it's not quite what they have been told. Mm-hmm. So it's nice when they decide to search for themselves to see a different, see it from a different lens, because they've many of them have been, you know, told the untruth as well. Right. So, yeah. They were miseducated. Right. Yeah. And mis- much of it for not for their own. It was the the social construct. That's what they yeah. that's how it's been. So, yeah. Yeah, so they just Definitely. thought this is how it is, but no, there's yeah. there are there's another story to be told, mm-hmm. and so thank Absolutely. you again for you all providing that. Um, mm-hmm. All right, last question from the audience: um, okay. How how do black authors get their books into your store? I know you have to get that question all the time because anytime I tell someone that I know I know a, a black bookstore owner and family. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, how can we get my book in there? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I can, I can send an yeah. email and ask. I don't know. <laughs> right. That, I get that yeah, question. You can every... answer this question for everyone. Yes, I get it all the time. And that's fine, too. Uh, but actually, on our website, there's a, um, a section called Author Relations. And so if they click on Author Relations, there's a submission form there that they can complete. Um, it's actually two forms. There's a uh, form there if you want to just have your book in our store. Like if you live in Houston, you may not be able to do an event. You just want your book on the shelf. So if you go to Author Relation, there's a, a form for book submission. And then there's one for events as well. If you're local or if you're going to be in town, you can complete that form there. And we can kind of look at if it fits with our store, if it's with our mix, and we will host that event. Uh, we haven't hosted any in-store events since COVID. So um, we'll wait till that uh, that part opens up, but they can still submit that information. So at Author Relations, go to mahoganybooks.com and then click on Author Relations and you'll see the submission information right there in front of you. Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah. now let me ask this question because I know you got the new bookstore opening up, which is super yes. exciting. Um, do you plan to gentrify your bookstore? <laughs> 
<laughs> Girl, that is a real that is a real question, you know. That's a real question. A, it is. My husband and I, before we said yes, that we talked about that probably nineteen months ago when we were first thinking proposed, you know, when we were approached by this opportunity, like, do we switch it up? Yeah. Do we stay true to who we are? You know, we we opened up a black bookstore to sell black books because that's something that we saw a, a huge significance. But then we both have degrees in business. So we're like, how does this work? And so we really settled on, we're going to stay true to who we are. Mm-hmm. We're going to sell black books. But what we may do is add a few of the the New York Times bestsellers because people, we're in an area where a lot of travelers come. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we want to be able to have maybe those New York Times bestsellers there. But other than that, 95, 98% of the bookstore will still be Black books. That's that's who people have come to know us for. That's mm-hmm. a space in uh, the niche in the market that we feel very passionate about. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we won't gentrify. We might have a shelf in there for New York Times <laughs> bestsellers. Maybe we still haven't even you know signed the the document on that. He and I amongst yeah. ourselves, but um, but yeah, we have talked about it. So that would be the extent of any gentrification. <laughs> um, it, I mean, it's like nil. It's like yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, we may have the New York Times bestsellers, and there's a lot of black authors on those lists. So, right, we'll okay, okay. So y'all heard that, right? We're we're not going to fully commit mm-hmm. to a gentrification. Um, not at all. The brand, I love it. I love yeah, it. You want to get black books? We're gonna go through Mahogany Bookstore and go get those black books. Okay, that's right. Um, all right, where can we find you? Or I I know how I can find you, but where can we find you? Follow you and support yeah. you. Absolutely. So please, please follow us at mahoganybooks.com. There's our website, thousands of books there. Um, and then also on social media, we are at Mahogany Books on all social media platforms. So join us, be part of the conversations, find some new books and um, diversify your bookshelf. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Ramonda, as always, it's so wonderful being in your presence, talking with you. Uh-huh. You shine bright as a diamond always. Thank, Thank you, you for stopping by the Relationship Zone. I have Thank thoroughly you. enjoyed our conversation. Thank and you for I having me. That, I have too. <laughs> absolutely. I, I hope the listeners, and I'm sure that they've enjoyed this well. And so to you all that are watching and those that's going to share and watch this later. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for supporting the show, for tuning in, for listening in to Ramonda as she speaks about her passion, her journey, this bookstore and all the amazing things that is going on in her life and with her family life. So thank you all for listening in. Um, Ramonda, is there anything you want to add before I close us out from being live on Facebook and YouTube? Uh, No, I just want people to trust their own voice. No matter what that endeavor is, whether it's opening up a business, whether it's having a child, whether it's going to a relationship, trust your own voice. Um, so many times we hear everybody else's voice and we shut down and shut out our own. So if people do that, I think they'll go. I know they'll go far. I know they'll feel like they've satisfied their life's desire. So listen to your voice and just mute the naysayers that are out there. So that's mm-hmm. what I want people. I want to leave people with that. Yeah. Okay, y'all heard it here. Listen to your own voice. Trust your own voice. And mute the naysayers. Mm-hmm. Hello. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank, mm-hmm. you. Thank you. Ramonda, I want you to hang tight. Thank you so much for stopping by the relationship zone. Thank you all for listening. Continue to support, share. Let's com- let's continue to support black businesses. Um because because they're necessary. We're out here and we're doing amazing things. So thank you so much, Ramonda, you and Mahogany Bookstore. Thank you. Bye, thank everyone. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Bye, everybody. Bye.